Welcome to the What I Meant to Say podcast. I'm your host, Wendy Jones, founder of Be Better Media and a mom of four, passionate about human connection. I am so excited to finally sit down with Pam and Batia Rochstein. Beyond their journey to Batia's collegiate athletic career, playing beach volleyball for the University of Oregon, this dynamic mother-daughter duo has a passion for giving back that has been instilled over generations in their family. Wait till you hear about their adventures teaching volleyball to kids at an orphanage in Honduras and the gratitude and perspective they received from their experience giving back. Yeah, so I we have been waiting so long to do this. I feel like we've been talking about having this chit-chat for <laughs> like, before like exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I'm so excited to be here today. I've always loved watching you play, Batia. Thank you. And um, thank you for doing this with your mom. Thank you for being willing to, to share about your relationship and the story of you know, athletics and what we can learn from it and how we give back and keeping it all in perspective. So, so much to cover here, but thank you guys for coming today. Of course. Thank you for having us, Mandy. Yeah. So, um, really what attracted me to your story from the get-go was when you started talking about um, when you were going to take your first trip to Honduras. Yes. And um, I would love to just dig right in and talk about, like, how you um, have gone down there and spread the sport of volleyball but also just so much more so how did you get into that so yeah so we found rice bowls is the organization that we um they put on trips um to go and visit at the orphanage so their mission is to make sure the kids within orphanages all around the world are fed but luckily with this specific orphanage they take groups that were able to go spend a week and spend time with the children in within the orphanage um so we found this organization through our family had done it um, so now it's like a huge trip that we kind of go on, like all the girls in our family kind of do it yearly. So it's not just like, visit. Like it's, a, it's a very, it's a very big deal because we get to be with our family who lives across the country that we don't get to see very much. And then we get to go see these kids that we get to see once a year that we've built these connections with. Um, and then as for volleyball, everyone there, like my cousin is an art teacher. She hosts art camps. I teach volleyball there. Everyone kind of brings their own talent and will share it with the kids. So I've partnered with AVP First and they help sponsor some swag and balls and nets and all that. Um, And then the kids love it because they basically just play soccer that's like native to their country. So when you bring out a volleyball, it's, it's crazy. They they like, they love it, but they started um, kicking it. Yeah, yeah, they started kicking it, um, but it works. And it's just really fun to see. It brings them together too. And it takes them out of their comfort zone, which they don't get a lot. So it's really something special to watch. Yeah. Do you feel like that, that, um, desire to give back was something that you guys that you taught from a young age definitely yeah Yeah. my mother definitely instilled to gratitude and giving back since I was a kid since as early as I can remember yeah yeah and where does that come from you know I think it came from my parents which came from their parents and you know they taught me they would sign me up during the summer I was a a lifeguard so they would sign me up to teach underserved kids how to swim swimming lessons and every summer it would be something different I knew two weeks of my summer would be some kind of give back. And so, you know, in the early years, I was like, why do I have to do this? I want to play with my friends. But as the years went on, it, it was so gratifying and it, it changes you, it changes who you are. So um, I guess that it just became a part of me. And with her, I wanted to make sure she had that same feeling of gratitude. Yeah, so. I, you know what I love about that so much? What occurs to me is like, even, you know, when you started you had that teenager feeling of like, I don't want to, like, why are you taking me away from my friends? Right. And yet in that generation, maybe there was less of a 
kickback, like we kind of just said, oh, well, they said we have to do it, so we have to do it. Right. Right? Absolutely. Versus I feel like nowadays maybe there's a lot more, like kids feel like they're, I tell my kids, like, you're not in charge, right? Right. Like if if something's good, because as the parent, you know something's going to catch on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's that generational learning where it's like sometimes you just have to do something and you have to experience it. Exactly. To let that feeling catch on. Exactly. And then talk about it more. I think that was different in in my generation. We were just told, I signed you up. This is what you're doing. But why? Because I said so. Whereas, you know, with her, I would say, because this is what it's going, this is how it's going to benefit you. You're going to feel really good at the end of the day and at the end of this stay. And that always is the case. So they know the purpose and the reason for why they're doing what they're doing. And I think that makes a big difference. I love the evolution of that because that's kind of like the old school. Yeah, just show up and do it. Yes. Plus the additional understanding that you're having a purpose and that you're going to gain even more purpose after you've done something. Exactly. I think my mom did a really good job of just including me in everything. Like she incorporated me in like the give back part and I would also be kind of behind the scenes and then we would go do this and go do this. And I think seeing just all the different aspects of it really helped me realize the importance of it. So I think that's what kind of helped it stick, not just in my childhood. Like it's something that I'm obviously going to carry out through my entire life and teach my children. Yeah. And what I I also love how you've been able to do these things while being involved in sports because I watched you through high school playing at Redondo and I know you played club. Like, how did you, how did you make time for all of the things being a student, being an athlete and also being able to give back? Well, I don't know. You don't really make time. Like it's gotten to the point that it's a part of my life. Like we're going to Honduras, you know, we're going to find a way to go. If it's not this week, we're going to, you know, find another time to do it because it's not making time for it. It's just finding the right time because it's something that's just a part of my life. So yeah. It's not, I guess that's... And how many years, how many years now have you guys gone back? Four. Four Well, we missed 2020. We've been involved with them for four years. And we fundraised in 2020, but we weren't able to take the trip. Yeah. So how sweet was it going back in? It was amazing. After you missed a year. Yeah. It was amazing. It was... These kids are... And it was so funny to me to see how over the years how they progressed now you know they used to when, when she first started with volleyball they were kicking it and wanting to play soccer and now she walked in and they're like what do you volleyball volleyball when are we yeah. gonna play and they were actually these kids are very athletic yeah they, are. Yeah. they were they yeah. were very good at the actual volleyball part of it so it was so much fun we get to know them more and more each year yeah. so we have a it's huge, really fun it's, well, it's fun too because I get to like play soccer with them every yeah. night. We'll play soccer. So you know when I started playing, we I think we did volleyball. I think two or three days into being there, we had played soccer a few nights and you know they like joke around with me because it's, yeah. it's not my strongest sport. <laughs> yeah. And then they come out and are able to like bond with me with volleyball. So it, it is something that brings everyone together there. It's so and cool. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, and it goes to show you like really the things we're exposed to like you don't know until you're able to try something and in so many places in the world right. we're not the, mm-hmm. the exposure is not there right yes. and volleyball is to me it's such a simple game like obviously we get to the highest levels and we're amazed at the athleticism but it's also just such a simple bonding Anybody social sport yeah right yeah. and yeah. i mean we live here on the beach but it's like that's such a healthy outlet. So getting to bring that to these kids, I yeah. just I love your pictures from yeah. down there. They're so amazing. <laughs> I, know, I know. Yeah. So, um, but you've made it through 
through Redondo and then you went on and you're playing beach volleyball in Oregon. Yes. Yeah. Ducks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I know I got to see a little bit when you guys yes, were at Stanford yeah, this year. That fun. was so fun. Yeah. But um, tell me about that experience and maybe even starting with your recruiting journey. Yeah. Well, my recruiting journey, so I got into beach kind of later and I kind of, my recruiting journey wasn't as long as the typical one is just because I kind of knew what I wanted. Beach volleyball already is kind of a smaller collegiate sport and there's only so many teams that you get to, or so many schools that have it that you get to choose from and um, pursue. Mm -hmm. So I kind of had a shorter list of schools that I knew I wanted and I knew the schools that I didn't want. Um, so after I visited, I visited a few schools. I was in contact, I, you know, I did the whole making the videos. It was, it was very tedious, but I got through it. Um, and then I started going on visits and I, after I visited Oregon, it was just that feeling of, I visited a few schools and I'm like, I don't know what the feeling is. But then when I visited Oregon, I'm like, that's the feeling. Like that's yeah. what you should feel like when you visit your college and the, just the anticipation. Um, so shortly after that, I committed there. I was a junior, it was my mm -hmm. February of my junior yeah. year, I wanna say. Okay. So um, that's when I committed and then, yeah. And then when I got to college, um, that was crazy with COVID and everything. Oh, there was yeah. a lot of unexpected uh, challenges, but um, we were, were you able it. to go in the fall of your freshman year? Yes, but okay. everything was online and um, it was very strict. We weren't we weren't able to do much. I'm yeah. If I was, I'm really grateful for my teammate was my roommate at the time, and uh -huh. if I didn't have her, it would have been a lot of isolation and a lot of seclusion. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that is definitely one of those points of resilience for your generation, especially yes, that class yeah. of 2020. Well, and especially being an athlete, because yeah. there's obviously uh, university rules that not everyone abided by. But being an athlete, you would get caught if you didn't. Yeah. And when you did, there would be consequences. So mm -hmm. even then it would get even worse. And it's like, well, goodness, like we're already <laughs> we're already shut down to the to the max. How could you make it worse type thing? But, yeah. So I, getting through that was. Difficult. A lot. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I actually wrote a blog on that after I went and had visited Lauren in Texas, mm -hmm. um, and I realized the mental toll that it was taking because athletes, mm -hmm. for the most part, like a lot of us are really hard workers, we're rule followers, we've gotten right. to a certain yeah. stage in life because we're like, okay, we're told to show up, do this, mm -hmm. and we know how to respond to that, mm -hmm. right? And with all of those rules, just like... like you can talk to her. You can't talk to him. You have to go to this household. Don't yeah. do that. And then Count this the practice room. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, oh. The level of stress over the tiniest mm -hmm. things. I was like, okay, there's got to be. There was an absolute. I, it made me. It I wrote. Crazy. I remember writing the blog on the plane on the way home because I was like, I cannot understand how you're supposed to maintain your health right. while you're processing all of this. Exactly. I know. Not to, to what mention, end, you know? When moving to Pacific Northwest was a big change just with the climate. Like, I never thought oh, any, like, the rain, I never thought not seeing the sun would be as detrimental as it is. Like, it's crazy that effect that that had, too. Um, Have you getting, having to play in that as well. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I think that's probably one of the hardest things about leaving yeah. us out. Yeah. I know, because there's no way that has weather yeah. like here. It was just, like, yeah. the, the biggest out. change, the biggest change that could have been made was made so yeah um, having to adjust to that with COVID and all that was definitely um trying times but you know made yeah. it through and it's okay. um yeah I'm excited and for now we have in-person classes and now um program wise we're starting to work with the athletic department have weekly meetings with our sports liaison to try and you know create that communication because freshman year there was a lack of communication with our program in the athletic department mm -hmm. and um it just left 
our, my team feeling, you know, we, we aren't, we don't feel that we were heard. Um, but now we're able to have those like we, weekly meetings and say how we feel and, you know, it's kind of a give and take. And, you know, now we have this open communication and that's kind of what's allowed purpose within the program because I like at freshman year, you know, there was a time that it's like, well, what is my purpose? Like I'm playing in the rain every day, but what are we, what are we playing towards? Like with COVID, like our season, our schedule's small. It was just like a lot of whys and what's, a lot of questions, but then taking a step back and looking at like, okay, this is what we can do. This is what we can start to change. That's the purpose and that's- Oh, I love that. That's what kind of I, kept me there. I, I love mean, you it have when... an option. You, you, any athlete has an option to go. Right. But, but you're at a school that has such an ama amazing, massive athletic program. And if you don't, as a sport, if you don't feel exactly. like you're part of that, I would think that's even going to, it's going to be exactly. even more glaring. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. But I love it when someone takes a challenge and then looks to see what they can do and then to see that yeah. improvement. Yeah. So well, we've small baby steps, yeah. but we've already seen some within the culture. We, you know, we got a full-time head coach, Jason Dillard, who has him and Janice have done so much for the program and sacrificed so much for us and we're so grateful for them. And then with the culture, like we've really created a base and we just continue, we're gonna to continue to grow off of that and off of that and continue our meetings with the athletic department and just, you know, keep keep trying to push. And how has that affected like your team culture within your the, the players on the team? We are a very close team. Like I don't think I've had a team as close as the girls that I have now on, as my teammates. Um, yeah, we, we just like to have fun. We like to, a big thing for us is accountability. We like to hold each other accountable. We like to have fun and we like to um, be super supportive of each other. Like yeah. don't hate the doer. That's like a big thing uh, in our team. Yeah. Legend of a coach, <laughs> yes. absolutely. We've all yes. had the best experiences with yeah. Tommy. It was your high school coach mm -hmm. and yes. you guys won a state championship. Yes, my senior year. CIF. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, not that yeah. you win some, you lose yeah. some, but yeah, yeah that um, I remember that. That was that was a great run and yes. a great team. Yes, yeah, that yeah. was a really great team. But well. the thing about I love about Tommy is that no matter what team he's coaching, the lessons are always the same, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And then you get to take those lessons and when you get to take them to bigger schools and bigger places. Yeah, and I think you, that's what I see. Um, Jason mimics Tommy in the way that like. He, he doesn't look at us as athletes first. He looks at us as people first. So he's always at, has our best interests at heart as a person before as an athlete. I and love that. that's, that's been really helpful. Yeah. I just mean, even getting advice from him. Cause I mean, obviously, you know, we see him every day. He knows a lot about us and a lot about our lives. So to, and we had, we had a lot of, um, yeah, he, he just needed to be there a lot for all of us. So yeah, everything going on. So for sure, he's been a very good outlet. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so important in the coach because that, that it is such a huge part of your life as a mm -hmm. college athlete to mm -hmm. feel that support is, especially when you're away. And exactly. Was there ever a time, I mean, in 2020 that, you know, did she call you? <laughs> with this in distress, we talk like, very regularly. Yes, I know. I have that relationship yes. with mine too. Yes, yes. And were. what's that? That what does it feel like for you as a mom? Gosh, when they you call? just want to jump on a plane and you know, jet there. Yeah. Um, but it was you know it was a growing time because it was everybody was kind of walking through some kind of difficulty during yeah. that time, myself included. I'm an you know I have my own business and I didn't know what was happening so. She was there as much for me as I was there yeah. for her in some of those uh, in some of those discussions. But 
you know, we just talked through it. And, you know, sometimes that's just what it's all about is to be able to vent and have someone there to, to listen and just to say, okay, you could leave that that is an option or you could stay and be a part of the change. How would that look? So that was kind of my message to her because I didn't think leaving in a COVID year, Mm -hmm. there wasn't gonna be many places to go. Um, And everyone was having the same, some kind of issue. Everybody I talked to was disillusioned or disappointed in some way. Mm -hmm. So why not just remember what you thought about it when you visited and see what you can do to help the program elevate. And so we've talked through it and you know, we got through that, we got through that year and it just got better from there. So good. So yeah. So good. <laughs> yeah, and the communication. Oh, yeah. for sure. And, and then, talking through things. Cause I mean, it gets all pent up in your head and there's this and this and this, and it's like, and then you're trying to articulate it. And then that's a whole nother, it's challenging trying to talk through, okay, this is what's going on. This is the feelings that I'm feeling. That's why I'm feeling it. This is what I want to do about it. This is what I am going to do it. Like, this is what I can do. Just trying to balance it all is just a lot. So having to talk through that. And sometimes it was just spinning. Like she would start the conversation with, I don't want your opinion. Yeah. I don't, I've got an idea of what I want to do, but I need to vent. So don't speak for the next five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, you had to honor that. So that was part of it too. Just getting it off your chest. Yeah. I think that's one of the hardest things as a parent because... You just want to jump in there, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I would do this. Yes, you yes, should do this. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. she would just right off the bat say, "I don't want to hear that." Yeah. Very self-aware. Yeah. <laughs> well, my, she's yeah. always tried to play devil's advocate. So when I did really didn't want to hear yeah. it, I'm like, "Yeah, just don't." Yeah. So, not right now. Not right now. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'll give you an opportunity. Just not now. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so were there things you saw in Batia's personality personality from when she was little that you knew you wanted to nurture, or has it been more of a like? Yeah, for sure. You know, Batia was a very happy kid, very mm-hmm. much an extrovert. You know, we would, and I would notice like from when we just started going to the park, she was the kid that just jumped in there. She would play with whoever it was and just introduce herself. You know, they would just start playing like kids do. Yeah. And my heart would be for the little kid sitting on the side, like looking like she wants to play, but not being able to do that. Mm-hmm. So I would, I saw that Batia had that, and so I would just encourage her. I'd like, that little girl looks like she really wants to play with you. Why don't you go ask her, or with y'all, um, why don't you go ask her? And then when she did, nine times out of 10, it made the kids day, and they jumped in and started playing with everybody and ended up having fun. And then we would talk about that, you know, I'd say, I'm glad, thank you for doing that. That made that little girl feel special, and didn't it make you feel good to have a new friend? And, yeah. you know, and so, I saw that in her when she was really little. Huge. So, you know, I had she been a different, had she been that little shy girl, it might have been a different, yeah, it, it would have been a different, I wouldn't have pushed. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, what I didn't, I, she, I tried to foster what she was given naturally yeah. and just expand on that and, and push her a little bit or encourage her in that, in that realm to do a little bit more and ex- inclusivity was big mm-hmm. on the, I just did not like kids not being included, especially the ones that weren't, you know, they yeah. may have not been as athletic or they weren't, they were shy or they just yeah. felt, you know, awkward. Um, I was really big on, I want you to go make that person feel like they're yeah. included because yeah. so. That's really the that's only the, way that we find 
what we're good at yeah. is when we find those environments where we get to be ourselves yeah. and you feel like you belong and you're included and yes. then you know people start to learn to lead with their strength but right. if you don't have that around you it's really difficult right yeah because right. confidence is built isn't built in a vacuum right right, right. and if you don't have the confidence and i watch that in my own kids it's so and in myself it's right. just something i've learned that if you don't have that confidence and it's not it comes naturally when we connect with other people absolutely it's yeah. key I yeah think it's key yeah so yeah so you were raised in the south i was okay good. alabama all right <laughs> and i how did you make it what brought you to, how long have you been in california what brought you to california i came out here uh in my late 20s okay um you know yeah. california had always been like, oh, I want to go, I want to go. I was a baby of four in a very small town that everybody liked to tell me what was best for me. <laughs> so um, I wanted to get, as much as I love my family, I wanted yeah. to get into an environment. I wasn't as strong enough to say, no, I don't want to do this. I want to do it my way. So I figured getting far, far away from that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, a boy was involved. I met a boy yeah. that was from <laughs> out here. And I'm like, stories. well, that's... Yeah. That, I know somebody, yeah. so I mean, I didn't yeah. move out with him, but knowing another person yes, in this uh, county um, made it easy, so mm -hmm. it, it gave me the strength, I think, to come out, yeah. and I never went back, and that was like, you know, a long time ago, 30, yeah. almost 30 years, yeah, isn't it great? so yeah, so yeah, mm -hmm. and I, I love it. I do go home, we go, my family is all back there, so yeah. we go home, when she was little, three or four times a year, yeah, yeah. once sports, sports started, yeah. yes. yeah. um, once or twice. Yeah. It'd be Christmas yeah. and summer if we're lucky, but you know, with jams and travel tournaments. Yeah, got, summer was like, yes, yeah. Yeah. yes, exactly. So. so we did what we could. Or if like there was, I mean, one year, what we went to NOLA and then after NOLA, we went to Florida yeah. just to, it was yeah. a quick trip. So we made it work. We definitely got our family time in because it is, it is important for us to get back there and see everyone. What are some of the things that you've learned from even you just visiting down there that you like to take from that culture that maybe we don't see in California as much. Is that for Batia? Either one of you, really. Go ahead, Batia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, probably just open-mindedness and just excitement to explore more than what you have in those little small towns, like not yeah. even just California, like there's a whole world to explore. And I think not everyone, everyone's kind of okay. I don't want to say settling, but because it's okay to live in a small town, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, obviously, but yeah. just knowing that there's so much more out there to explore, there's different cultures and there's different mindsets and there's different beliefs and opinions. And just to, even if you don't agree with them, just to yeah. hear them, just to accept how someone else feels, Yeah, um, I think is the biggest thing that I've kind of learned from jumping back Going, and forth yeah. yeah yeah and then on the reverse I think there is in the south yeah like I noticed when I first moved out here um you know you go to the grocery store you go to the gas station nobody like people thought I was weird because <laughs> in the south everyone says hi to everybody if you're yes. driving down hey how you yeah. doing and that was really hard for me because I was I was thought that you know, this is just so strange. How do yeah. these people get to know each other? You don't know your neighbors. Right. Um, and so that, I think, from the South coming here, I love to try to bring some of that kind of 
yeah. down home has hospitality yeah. and just it's hard sometimes because people will look at you like are you for real did you you know yeah. or not speak to you at all yeah but um i think when they do you it, it's it's a warm feeling and it feels more southern yeah it does and, yeah. but it's so genuine i mean really coming from both of you and that's what i've always loved about connecting with you and knowing you guys is it really is it's such a genuine feeling and i i grew up in fresno and yeah. i feel mm -hmm. there's some of the same like when i came down here i felt like i feel like there's so many people that maybe we just learn to tune stuff out because right. people are so close that you're mm -hmm. like wow if i say hi to one person i'm going to be saying hi to like yeah, every single right. person coming yeah. right well, and i think like, everybody's on their their track moves they're so on their they're going because mm -hmm. i i've talked yeah. to a, a lot of my friends born and raised here and i've broached that conversation with them and they're like, you know what? You just don't think about it. You're in your little world, and it's not considered rude here yeah. not to yeah. uh, get. But I'm kind of one of those. I feel like you're enriched by those around you, and they're around you for a reason. So why not, you know, yeah. branch out right. and at least, you know, you don't know what's there until you open up for it. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this chat as much as I am. For more great content, courses, and lifestyle, go to BeBetterMedia.tv. Yeah, and I am intrigued because that really plays into what you do for a living, right? Yeah. You're, you're like hospitality being something that you value. And then, so um, tell us a little bit about what you do. So uh, I have a hospitality company. My background is hotel sales. Okay. And then when she was, when she was young and we moved to after my divorce, I didn't want to do the grinding of working for a hotel and having to be on property and, mm -hmm. and travel all the time. I wanted to be on my terms so I could be there more for her. So I started my own company and I, I contract or get retained by hotels that want an extension of their group team. So I'll use my contact list of clients that do groups and introduce them to all of my hotels. Take them there and we do fan trips and just introduce them to these hotels so that when they do their incentive programs and their meetings, they'll utilize the properties that are uh, that I've introduced them to other than the competitors. So, and it's just, it's allowed, you know, it was a godsend because I really wasn't expecting to do it, but uh, one of the, the hotel that I was working for at the time in New York wanted me to move to New York and we had just, moved to Hermosa. I'm like, I can't, I can't yeah. do it. Um, so I was left with either not having a job or starting my own thing. And my mentor helped me get my two first clients. They're still clients mine 10 years later. Wow. And it's been a godsend that I've you know, been able to watch her progress and go to her three o'clock yeah. uh, volleyball games. And I so, feel so you on that. it's mm -hmm. been wonderful. It's yeah. been a blessing. So there's a re resilient story in that, right? In, in, in having that scary jumping off point of like, am I gonna do something right. for myself or do I? And saying like, hearing you say like your background was people telling you like this, you know, do it like this or exactly. be like this. Exactly. Maybe was... having a little bit of that people pleaser gene and then being able to step Just out go on. For it. Go I, I will never forget them. The month that it all happened, we went back to the beach to uh -huh. see my family and we walked into a store and I got a, one of those little bracelets with sayings on it yeah. and it said um, she took a leap 
of fate and found her wings on the way down. I'm like, this is me. This yeah. is, it was like prophetic. It was like, yes, and that's totally. exactly what it felt like. <laughs> yeah. And there's some scary moments involved. Yes, I can yes. totally identify with that. Yeah. But what's it like? I mean, do you remember much of when your mom was going through that? Were you? Yeah, I was pretty young. I yeah. honestly remember in my, in my, I don't know if I ever said it to you, but I, I mean, I knew she was going to make it. Like, I didn't have a doubt that she wasn't going to yeah. not achieve something that she put her mind to. Um, so I was, I was like, why are you so scared? Like, <laughs> like just totally. Like, just do it. Yeah, mortgages, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. I was pretty I young. Tell her that. But I just, I was like, if it's something you want to do, I mean, obviously it was making a sacrifice for me, which at the time, looking back now, I, I see now. I didn't realize right. back then. Sure. Um, but I was like, you do it if you want to do it. Like, don't be scared. And then, yeah. That's, that's kind of what went through my head. Yeah. <laughs> but, and the, the value of having your mom around, do you see oh, it now? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I definitely see that now. Yeah. She was at every single one of my volleyball tournaments and practices at the end of practices. <laughs> yeah. um, when the parents were allowed to come watch, she was there. Um, and, you know, yeah, she's definitely immersed in my childhood. Yeah. Felicity. Felicity. And isn't isn't this the coolest age? Like as your because it's like friends now. Yeah. <laughs> and you and you it's like you look back and you go, gosh, all that, yeah. and it go, and you tell it's so cliche and it goes so fast, but it's like this age. I just took my kids on a vacation and I looked around and I was like, you guys don't understand. Yeah, you know, like they're all your kids are like grown. I was like, I used to call it parenting from a different location, and this is like so amazingly fun because we're all sitting around talking and you have this this relationship that is but you put so much in to you have to build that from a young you know you built it from a young age so you just do it day by day and then it accumulates into what it is 20 years later (laughs) yeah it's crazy right um um you've also been involved in in coaching not just playing volleyball yes but um so how old were you when you started coaching it was right when I gave up indoor volleyball to pursue beach. I started coaching okay. for my, so 16 right. seniors, was that, that, that grade? 11th grade, 11th. junior year, yeah, yeah. it would be junior so year. So you still so. played high school, but you didn't play club. Yes, so I, I did club beach, sophomore year, I did both, okay. club indoor, club beach, mm-hmm. and it was too much. Intense. So yeah. I had to choose, um, and beach allowed more opportunity. It's something, the longevity of the game, like, yeah. I want to be playing my whole life yeah. and um, the opportunity. And I like the, well, because I was very undersized for, I was a middle yes. <laughs> for indoor. Yes. So I didn't get as many touches and I as love, many sets. So yeah. I liked being able to be involved in, in every single play on the beach and like you're touching totally. it. <laughs> you're, I was just sitting involved. yesterday with my um, friends from Cal Poly. We all played middle at some point. Yeah. And um, <laughs> we were talking about yeah. like, why don't they start all kids in just beach volleyball so that they learn how to do everything? Because right. no one wants their kid to play middle anymore. I'm like, you know, the only reason that you shouldn't play middle is because you never learn how to pass. If, if you yeah. learn how to pass, like, I loved playing middle. Yeah, I had to learn how to but pass. But you like, have to learn how to pass. 1450. Right? Yeah. 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 So, um, that was a Chapin's thing going in the ninth yeah, grade. Yeah, because you want to play. Because the thing with club is I started at the club I was at when I was the height yeah. I was at okay. a young age. Like I was yes. very tall at a young age. You and Lauren so are put me similar in like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, got yeah. to a point where the girls were two heads taller than me and I was trying to get out of it. Yeah. But just just the lack of supply with the girls oh, being yeah. that tall and I at least I think it was I other mothers didn't the want their kids yeah, to play I, in the middle. Yeah. And I'm like, like I, I didn't want to do the job. As long as she so yeah. they just kept putting me in there. Like they tried to get me out. But then I was like, okay, well if it's gonna get me on the court then I'll do it. But 
It just made it. Um, just the made short it athletic middle is a thing, and yes. there's, there's yeah. some really good ones. <laughs> yeah. I, I love watching them, yeah. but yeah, yeah. I but then how to pass. Yeah, so. but then with high school, yeah. I definitely had to take a step back and be like, okay, where am I gonna get it? Like, yeah. it's not gonna be middle. <laughs> yeah, I actually did. What was that one game in the PV? I started middle. Like, I think my sophomore year. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was legendary. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is the best memory. Yeah, though, right? yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so. When you stopped playing indoor um, club, then you started coaching. Mm-hmm. Were you coach and coaching at the same club that you played? Yes, I was coaching. It was I would do like twelve to fourteen. Okay. was like the age level that I would do, and then we we did. Um, so it was through my indoor club, but we did beach practices as well. So I'd take them down. We'd be at Knob Hill yeah. or Topaz uh-huh. or along yes. there, and yeah. I'd be coaching the girls there too. So, and what was, what did you like about coaching? Um, well, I mean, it was like a little me that I got to help like find themselves and grow on their ability. And I'd like to like allow the girls to see their own potential. Like when they would get something like, did you see that you could do it? Like you didn't think you'd be able to like just seeing that was really rewarding. Yeah. Just having, yeah, having them meet their full potential or work towards meeting their full potential. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, Cause I think coaching is a skill that not every athlete has. And mm-hmm. I think it, it, converts really well when you're still playing because especially in beach volleyball because there's only two of you on the court so um you know when when you've got to college and you have that under your belt I think that could be so Lauren did a lot of coaching for Tommy yeah and I I, and when you guys and you've done AVP first Mm -hmm. so that you can go out and coach those kids too yes yeah and let's um that program is so amazing you got you Pam you're on the board of AVP first yeah, yeah and um tell us a little bit about the the goals. you know what it's amazing um we're you know the goal is to get more kids introduced to a sport that a lot of kids would never have the opportunity to if not for uh organizations like AVP first so we run clinics around the country sometimes paired with where our tour stops are um, sometimes paired with universities um, but Tony Giarla, our executive director, he is just amazing at putting it all together and, you know, just trying to make the little impact of the world, just affecting kids. Yeah. So. And Lauren and I have done a couple of those and the kids, the kids are amazing. Are precious? Yeah. They and they're they so excited it. to be out there mm-hmm. on the beach. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah, we did one in New Orleans, which is like man-made coconut beaches. Oh, yeah. like, yes. But it was so cool because these kids, they, you know, you have a few that have touched a volleyball before to kids who have never played. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, isn't it funny yeah. to see the light? And then you see some of them that, whoa, this, this kid who's never touched yes. the ball can really, is like as an athlete. Just, yeah. yeah, just yeah. needs a little bit more time with this. So, yes, it's growing and we're doing more and more. So, um, it's great. Yeah, really, really cool. Yeah. So, um, back to your career at Oregon. Um, you guys had some big wins this year for a yes. growing program. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. What was that like? Who were they against and what was it like? Um, well, we beat our first ranked team, Arizona, which was um, really exciting for us. We were really excited. And it was just. Um, it was just kind of like a reward and kind of just like felt like, okay, we're doing the right things. Like we're moving in the right direction. It was just reassurance that what all that we're doing is going to pay off. And, you know, it, yeah. it just, it kind of was like a full circle moment and wanted, made us more hungry to keep going and keep going. So, yeah. Yeah. And did you play with the same partner all year, different partners? No. <laughs> <laughs> I had a record on that one. I played with I yeah, I've had to have set some type of record because I played with 
Ev- well, everyone healthy on the team. Oh, wow. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. uh, yeah, I don't know how many. 14, I think. I had 14 partners. Oh, my goodness. That's yeah, I did kind of just bounce around. But I did, you know, at the end of the season, I was talking to my coach, and I was, you know, I was on I was like, what was that about? <laughs> yeah. And he was like, well, I mean, I knew that you would be able to do it. And it was, there was a lot of challenges. Like, it wasn't just like, oh, I'm playing with 14 people. Like, it was challenging and frustrating at times, but it did teach me things as well to be yeah. able to be versatile and be able to, okay, this is how this person responds as opposed to this person responds this way. Having to like learn that and feed one player with yeah. what they need and feed another with what they need was definitely like a balance that I had to learn. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like I said, it, it is hard when it's only two people in the court, yeah. right? Yeah. And um, what are some of your favorite qualities in a partner? Um, just someone who's like supportive and super encouraging yeah yeah someone who like just wants to be there wants to be having fun and wants to be playing and yeah that's about that's about it just just yeah. someone who's there for a good time like and it isn't isn't dwelling on like the fact on like oh we lost a point oh i did this but like just yeah on having a good time yeah. yeah yeah which i is harder easier said than done like even you know i'm not performing how I want to perform obviously like it's not I'm not like oh like rainbows and butterflies but yeah having you know learning that and at least trying to work towards like moving on and just you know moving to the next point yeah what are some of the ways best. you've learned that like make that easier um well just not being so hard on yourself I would say mm-hmm. like I feel like I was, I'm pretty hard on myself and just yeah. letting that and ju- just honestly also just looking towards the next point it's like okay that might have happened but like you can you can fix it like you can play just play your game you can do you and then it'll go back to normal and then you'll be fine yeah just being very logical yeah 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 my coach likes to tell me i have um, paralysis analysis so yeah yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. just moving away from that just like not thinking honestly Uh and just playing i always i always i'm an overthinker when i'm playing i can identify with that and then i I also can identify with like my favorite thing to watch is athletes who can who are playing free yes Yes. in the zone yes yes Yes. i think that's why i like playing with someone like that because i'm all it almost helps me get out of my like i'm overthinking everything yeah or yeah. afraid to make a mistake. Yeah, or, exactly. Like, yeah, that came up with another mom and daughter I was talking to, just like the best game she had ever had. And yeah. it was just this like complete abandonment of fear of right. like hitting the ball out or, mm-hmm. you know, serving the ball out or whatever it was, like you just, just going for it. Yeah. And I mean, that's definitely something that we have to learn. And I think a lot of us get to a certain level because we do hold ourselves to such a high standard, right. mm-hmm. but like learning how to let go of those little things. Cause a lot of that can also end up holding us back. Cause like Absolutely. that overthinking or yes. the perfectionism yeah. that, you know, starts to just feel really heavy after yeah. a while. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that, I, exactly, I know. At, at 47, I know. I'm sure you've been through <laughs> Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And I, I honestly, I've, I've flipped that because I think a lot of the things you learn when you're stepping out and challenging yourself, you learn that that standard is, it, it gives you, it tells you that you're in the right place. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But, and you being hard on yourself is, it's, it's it pushes you forward but then you got to find that spot that's like but i'm okay right as i am Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and be able to just enjoy the moment that you're in because it is such a ride and there is such a um struggle out there in this student athlete community community with mental health and you know understanding like it's just part of the picture of who we are and what we do yeah and that's why like bringing it back to that 
full circle of you know giving back and how to make that picture a make athletics just a part of who we are absolutely right mm-hmm. not let it consume you yeah. Yeah. your entire identity and I don't even that wasn't even a concept that I thought about because I I don't think well I guess I don't know because it's been a part of my image I don't think I I think I have a good grasp of who I am with or without volleyball but um, I didn't really get introduced to that concept until I went to school and there's a class that Oregon has they require their freshman athletes to take and it's kind of like a psychology class to help student athletes develop trait like the help with time management you know Mm -hmm. help with the transition of going to college and being an athlete and then also identity like knowing that there's two separate things yeah I did not know that that's powerful yeah so that that was a really interesting class um and I you know and it brought that new concept into my head and you can definitely like I see it way more now like within yeah athletes the loss of identity Yeah. yeah Well, you know, I mean, you can always be, I was going to bring up the fact that like, if you, if you can always stay playing, but a lot of people that have risen through high ranks to go back and play at a lower level, even that isn't enough. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. you can be like me and we ended up playing each other. And you guys won, yeah. but I still had the best time. I remember texting my kids going, I'm playing Batia. This is so fun. So, and then last summer I played with a girl that's going to go to San, Diego, San Jose state and my partner ended up not showing up. We were on the East coast and she was, 17 at the time and I'm 46 and, yeah. and then I had awesome. her mom was out on the court and she was like can I get you a Gatorade and I'm like oh my gosh this is the coolest I haven't had a team mom in like 30 <laughs> years so it's oh like God, it, awesome. it's really fun because that's so much of what I love to teach is just that lifelong journey and lifelong love of sports mm-hmm. and what it teaches us and when you see like yes. where you want to go and how mm-hmm. Fortune 500 companies love to recruit female athletes and all the things you learn along the way that are going to keep adding to your leadership abilities that are going to take you way beyond sports. Yes, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So where, what are some of your um, going with that? What's your major? Um, I'm majoring in business with a concentration in sports marketing and a minor in media studies. Very cool. <laughs> do you have an idea what you want to do with that yet? Um, Not that you have, I have to. A lo- yeah, I have a loose idea. So I personally feel that I don't have one specific job that I'm intended to do or have like yeah. to, throughout my whole life. Um, so I don't know exactly what the specific thing is. I know that what I'm choosing is creating a really good foundation for whatever, for the things that interest me and whatever I do go down. I mean, it'll help me. Business, I feel like is a good foundation for anything. With sports marketing, that's, I looked at the classes and that was what was most enticing to me. So just kind of, you know, I I just think figuring out kind of as I go, like I've explored different paths of like kind of, you know, I don't want to, I didn't want to do accounting and I didn't want to do finance. I liked, you know, the sports marketing side. But um, I have an idea of what I wanted. I I do want to incorporate, I love what, being exposed to my mom's career, hospitality, yes. uh-huh. um, throughout my life, I do like the element of hospitality within marketing. So kind of finding a balance between that, yeah. um, I think would be ideal. I don't know exactly like what that position would be, but yeah. it'll present itself as it's intended to. So, so true. Yeah. <laughs> so true. So yeah, I'm just kind of rolling with that. And I know that I have a good foundation for whatever I do end up going into. Yeah, that's so great. I, I love seeing people your age like know what they're interested in and yeah. not that you always have to like a lot of times our majors have nothing to do with right. where we end up but yes. I yeah. you're in such a sweet spot for that yes where, what you're studying like <laughs> yeah. that's really yeah. really really cool so 
Um, okay, a lot of the, the one of the questions I love to ask on my podcast, um, and especially when I'm doing a mom and daughter, um, one, I guess I'll go with you first. Like if you could give a piece of advice to a younger player, um, what is what would one really good piece of advice you'd like to give? Um, mine would probably just be to play for yourself and do things for yourself. Um, I think my mom did a really good job of that with allowing me to kind of have the independence and freedom to, you know, she didn't push me to do anything. She held me accountable when I started playing club sports and there was that responsibility that you had to go, you know, on, on a Saturday to ASC. Like, yeah. you know, maybe I didn't want to sometimes, like I had to give up stuff and she would, that I didn't want to, but she would hold me accountable to it. She wouldn't push me and be like, you are playing volleyball, this is, she'd say, no, you made this commitment to this team and it's a responsibility that you have and you now have to do. And she would just hold me accountable. And I think that helped me realize, okay, you're right. And like allowed me to play for myself rather than being pushed to play. I love that. Yeah, yeah. that's a big one out there. So yeah. that's, that's really cool to hear because yeah. it goes along with what I've discovered, you know, and what I see. So yeah. it's cool to see this. Yeah, like writing, yeah, exactly. Writing your own path. I think my mom did a great job of that. She was there for help and assistance and obviously like my greatest support system but um I think I was able to write my play for myself my entire career and write my own path and make decisions based on what I wanted mm -hmm. rather than well I mean she didn't really have the opportunity the way I did to do that so mm -hmm. I think it was really important for her to let me yeah that's a very cool thing in parenting when you can bounce you know you learn what you learn and one, what I see is like, because I, I know you guys well enough, like you, you incorporated what you learned and you did it a little differently, right. but you just, you also didn't bounce back because sometimes you see people go from, you know, one extreme to the other. Right. And right. you seem to have like really done that well. So yeah. my hat's off yeah. to you because it's yeah. not easy. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's not, yeah. But, but yeah, it was necessary for sure. Yeah. Um, so, and that's kind of where, in our generation now, that's kind of our role, right? I mean, yes. we're, we're learning to, we're still doing our own thing, but we're also, a lot of what we do is in giving back right. to the next generation. And so I guess my question for you is, if do you have a piece of advice that you would give like your younger self? Oh gosh. There's a whole book on that. Yeah. We could be yeah. here all day. Yeah, I, know. I mean, you know, with, yeah. with, with age comes wisdom and, yeah. You know, I think one of the major advices I give my younger self is don't be fearful. Just go for it. Don't worry about what others are going to think and, and live for others. Do it for you. And that would play down in so many ways. Some things I didn't do because I was fearful of what other people would think. And then some things I did do because it's what other people expected of me in my mind. And I didn't have the courage to say, no, I don't want to do that. I'm going to do it my way. I didn't have those words then. Yeah. So I think that would be it, is to be respectful and really listen to your elders because they are, for the most part, should have some wisdom in them. Yeah. But carve your own path and don't be, a, don't be afraid because we all get, as we grow, we're not going to grow if we don't have fear. Yeah. And you have a choice to either push through that fear yeah. and do it anyway or succumb to it and just stay stagnant. Totally. And I saw it with her, I thought, in beach volleyball, because she was way later to the game than many of the people that mm -hmm. she was playing with. And she would get beat so oh, bad. Yeah. And I would be like, my stomach. Oh, no, it's <laughs> so painful. Oh, it's so and painful. she would be 
she had that mentality. I'm not playing for those other girls out there. I'm playing to get better. And they're beating me, but I'm learning. They've been playing a lot longer than me. So she had a good, I didn't have that mentality growing up. I would go practice for 50 hours just to try to come back and beat them the next time. And to an unhealthy measure, uh-huh. I had to, I wanted to be the best at everything I did. So uh-huh. I think I would, that would be my biggest advice. Go for what you want to go for and don't have the fear. So, you know, just push, it's going to be there push through it yeah no we were just having that conversation around the dinner table last night and like how to stick through stick through it when you're you know not just give up when you're like oh i'm not good at it right right Right. nobody's good at anything when When they they start start. absolutely yeah absolutely and that that one goes through and goes around our dinner table a lot and that's great and i think that we're in a different with people like you there's more of this type of mental health conversation and conversation that shows that that's the way it should be. Yeah. I don't think we had that. I mean, our parents did the best they could and the, our peers around us, but we didn't have those tools that yeah. when she would come home, I'd say, look at it as growth, not failure. Yes. That every, yeah. If you look at every failure as growth instead of stoppage, then you're better yeah. for it. And I think this generation seems to do that a lot better mm-hmm. than, than yeah. my generation, or at least where I was. I would agree with that. Yeah. That paradigm shift has been huge. I yeah. think through sports and even business and entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. like that is, yeah. it's a real through line now that's mm-hmm. talked about a lot more yes. than I feel like I ever heard it when we were exactly. Up. I didn't even know it existed. Yeah, you know. So yeah. so yeah. Thank so, you for all the work you're doing. No, well, you know, I just I love to I pull on every thread that I'm curious about, and somehow this is it's all come together in this like game of life. I love it. Um, you know, ways that we can be better. So, yes. um, so last question to wrap this up, where, if people wanted to reach out to find you, are you open to giving, you yeah. know, to, uh, advice or if, if younger yeah. athletes have questions, where, where can they find you? Um, yeah. So social media wise, I have Instagram, which is Batia Claire, B-A-T-I-A-C-L-A-I-R-E. And then I have Facebook, which is just Batia Rashdeen. Um, and then, yeah, Perfect. You know, phone number and email. If they, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll put that. We'll put your yeah. social media in the show notes so people can reach out to you. Yeah. And then Pam, how about for you? For me, my yeah. so I don't do a lot of social media. Yeah. I look at yours and look at all the yeah. everybody else's. Well, even, I, and even business wise. Like, yes. Um. So PR collection is my social media, and then um, you can put my email and phone number. I'm happy to you know, I, I'm open to discussions with anybody anytime. I love growth and I love. Uh, helping that in any way so yeah. um, feel free yeah. all right awesome well it comes through beautifully in, in your relationship these are my favorite inter- interviews to do because this mother-daughter <laughs> stuff is just like it's my jam so yeah. thank you for <laughs> yes. thank you for coming and, and finally we got this on yes, the we've know, tried so know, many different times so um but this was perfect so thank you for being here today thank you good to see you thank you so much for listening to what i meant to say If you enjoyed this conversation, you know what to do. Subscribe, rate, review. And for more great content, courses, and lifestyle, go to BeBetterMedia.tv.